Okay, good morning everybody. So this week we read, uh, we read a double perashah, Matod Masevin. We, we actually, it seems to be a continuation of the, the last two parshiot. Because we have in the, in, we have in the end of, uh, of Balak, we have the story of how Pinchas kills uh, Zimri and Cosby. And then the beginning of Pinchas, we have Hashem giving a reward to Pinchas for doing the deed. And then now we have in Matot where Hashem says, Nekom nikmat b'nei Israel." Hashem turns to Moshe and he says to avenge b'nei Israel. Me'et ha-midyanim. And he says, because why? Because the Midianim were the ones who came to bring Bil'am to curse you and also brought about the death of the 24,000 24, of, uh, of the tribe of Shimon. So now Hashem tells him, you're going to do it for b'nei Israel's sake. And then Moshe gathers the people, and he says, he says that we're going to go, we're going to go against Midian. Latet nikmat Adonai b'Midian. We're going to do the 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 revenge of Hashem against Midian. So, so Hashem tells tells Moshe, you're going to do it for the sake of Bnei Israel. I'm doing it for you. Moshe tells Bnei Israel, no, we're doing it for Hashem. It shows the love between the two sides. We each want to do it for each other. It's interesting now, they're going to go to war against the nation. You would think that they have 600,000 people in their army. They're going to take a big percentage of the army to go to battle. But we know here it's a miraculous war because it says, Elef lamate, Elef lamate. A thousand per tribe are going to go to war. Now we have different opinions. What does it mean? Why is it doubled up? Elef lamate, Elef lamate. One opinion is we have a thousand who are going to fight, soldiers. A thousand arms bearers, that's another thousand. Then there's another opinion, there's actually another thousand Talmidei Chachamim that go to the front with them and pray for them. Why would you go to the front? Let them stay in the yeshiva and learn. says, when you go to the front and you're seeing what they're going through, you feel that much more for what the soldiers are going through. So maybe what we could do in Israel to avoid the... We could take some of the guys from the yeshiva, bring them out to the front, or bring them out to a... To bring them out for a few days to, to see what really happens and what these guys are under, and all of a sudden you'll see the tefilot are going to be much different for them. Now it's interesting that we have from, from all of these thousand, includes a thousand from which tribe that never goes to war? The tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi this time goes to war. And Moshe sends them, and who does he send in charge of them? Pinchas ben Elazar. He sends Pinchas ben Elazar HaKohen. To go to the war. And he commands, they go against and they kill them. It's interesting, why does he send him? He doesn't go himself. If Hashem commanded him to go, why doesn't he go? So the Mephashim say that Moshe actually went to war. But he didn't go to war with them physically. He went to war against the Tsar of Midian. First, Hashem told Moshe, you have to defeat the Tsar of Midian, the angel of Midian, in order for B'nai Israel to be successful. Once you defeat the Tsar, then B'nai Israel will be able to destroy them with no problem. Now we have also something interesting. We have that they kill them, and what else? Chameshet Malchem Midian, the five kings of Midian, ve'et Bil'am ben Be'od Hargu Becharev. And they killed, they killed uh, Bil'am himself with a sword. The question is, what was Bil'am doing there? When we finished the Parashah of Balak, Bil'am had already gone home. He said, I'm, I'm worthless. I didn't do anything for you. I didn't curse anything. But let me give you advice. The advice is that the God of the Jews hates the, the immorality. immorality. 
And what you should do is, he gives them the whole plan of what they do to bring Bnei Israel to do the sin. Now he sees he was successful that 24,000 Jews died. He heard, ah, 24,000 Jews died, I was successful. I didn't get paid, let me go back and get my money. He comes back to get paid, he steps into it right when Bnei Israel are coming to attack. Now it says, what did he do? When he saw Bnei Israel coming, the Midrash is very interesting. It's, it's really, you know, I always think that the guys who wrote Super, Superman comic books and all these comic books, they were all Jews who went to yeshiva and Same learned way. these Midrashim when they were kids. Because where did they come up with all of these things? All of these things from the Midrash. What does the Midrash tell us? The Midrash tells us that Bil'am came and he gathered the five kings and together they were able to fly. So they were going to fly away. Now there's two opinions, how did Pinchas get them to, to defeat them? One opinion was that he used the, the seats, the plate that was on his, on his forehead, and it, like it had superpowers that it aimed at them, and all of a sudden they fell to the earth. Another opinion was that he also used the Shema Meforash, and he went after them, and he grabbed them to bring them down. He flew, <laughs> af- he flew after them. Like, you know, so what is this? It's like Wonder Woman. You know, they gave Wonder Woman the thing she wears on her forehead. And then no, what did he do? X-Men. X-Men had oh, the also, guy that shot him. So you got both. This is where does it all come from? It comes from here. He flies up. He gets them. He brings them down. Now, what's the problem? It says that Bil'am, he died by the sword. But it doesn't say about anyone else they died by the sword. So he says he didn't want to use the Shema. He couldn't kill Bil'am. He didn't want to use the Shema Meforash to kill Bil'am. So he took, I think his name was Sili from, from the tribe of Dan, and he had a sword, and because the symbol of Dan is what? The snake. So he had on the sword, he had a snake on both sides of it, and he had him kill with his sword, specifically to kill Bil'am. And also you see that Moshe Rabbeinu, he had a choice here, because Hashem tells Moshe that only when you take vengeance against Midian are you going to die. So Moshe could have said, okay, we wait a thousand years. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then you could... And he had this debate back with Hashem because he wanted to see maybe we could get rid of the, the edict against me. And he says, what's the difference if I live a thousand years or uh, this? If you're going to die, I'm going to die. And he has an argument. It was interesting that, that someone mentioned to me yesterday. He says, look, Pinhas gets this Brit Shalom which gives him eternal life. That means death is no good. But in the conversation that Hashem has with Moshe... In the Midrash, based on this parashah, Moshe says to him, I don't, Hashem says, no, death is not so bad. He said, what do you mean death is not so bad? He says, if death was terrible, I wouldn't have taken the avot from this world to bring them to the next world. He tries to explain that this is a, a passage to the next world, and a person should understand that. Who says that? Hashem, says that? Hashem is, is, is talking to Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, if death was so terrible, I wouldn't have put death on, the, on Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. No, they go to the next world. That's part of the process of, of the world. So one of the things I was thinking is he gets his superpowers, so to say, uh, Pinchas, he gets his superpowers. And where does he get his superpowers from? He gets his superpowers from his self-sacrifice. So like we said yesterday, could he get his, self, his, his superpowers because Nadav and Avihu entered him, he gets his superpowers because the Shema Mephodash, whatever it is, he has these this extra ability. But why does he have the extra ability? Because he was willing to give his own life. He didn't know he was going to come out of it alive if he's going into the tent with, uh, with, with, with them, with the tribe of Shimon. They're going to come after him. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him. He's really willing to self-sacrifice, to give of himself to save someone.
So I, he- I heard an incredible story that makes you think. I heard it a few times, but I, I heard it. Uh, uh, I heard it. I heard it again last week. And the the story the story is about a, a certain uh, boy. He's in yeshiva in uh, in Montreal, and the the boy they say he's in Ilui. He's already in the in the kolel and he's learning, and they take him to be to be tested by Rav Wasner, who's Wasner. He's the he's a Dayan in uh, in uh, in Montreal. He's supposed to be he knows inside out everything, and this guy's a young guy in the kolel and is you know maybe twenty twenty one, and he's going to be tested on all four. All four uh, books of Shulchan Aruch. And that's something unheard of, because even when you go for a test, you get tested even just on a section of one, a section of Orachim, a section. He's going to be tested on everything. And the rabbi says, you know, I don't know if this is such a good idea. You don't want to embarrass the kid. He says, no, test him. And he sits with this boy, and he goes through everything, and he's in shock and amazed that a young man could have this much grasp of the entire Shulchan Aruch and all of the Gemara related to it and all the poskim after it. It's just mind-boggling. So he tells the young man, I, I want to meet your father. I, w- I want to see how this happened. So he meets with his father and he says to the father, he says, I want to ask you a question. Was your son born this way? Like, was the Torah open to him from when he was a, a baby that he was able to just swallow it in? And he said, the truth is my son was a regular kid. Did things like a regular kid, got in trouble like a regular kid. And then something happened in his senior year of high school. He said, what happened? He said that my son was in the minyan in the high school. And what happened was it was a Thursday. And they read the Torah like normal. And they called him up to do Hagbah. And when he went up to do Hagbah, he did something that I, I never saw. I don't know what it is. He did a reverse Hagbah that they only do on Simchat Torah. Basically, they flip the leg and do the Torah inside out, just, basically. Opposite. And and Simchat Torah, the reason maybe you're doing it is because the weight is on the one side and you're trying to get your right hand onto the, on the heavy side of the weight. But he did it here on a Thursday in the middle of the week. And all the kids started to make fun of him, like, what are you doing? You're making a big joke. And, da, da, da. and the whole conversation of the Minyan went about this. So the Rosh Yeshiva heard, that this happened. So after the minyan, one of the rabbis tells him, hey, calls him to his office. He goes, I don't understand. Generally, you're a good kid. Why? Why would you do this? Why would you make yourself the, the, the focus of the kids all making fun, make a whole balagan of the whole minyan? Why would you do this? And he says, Rabbi, 100% I did it. But the guy who went up for Shalishi, he had a terrible stutter. And he got nervous during the reading of the Torah. So when he was making the second beracha, it literally took him two minutes to get the bracha out of his mouth. And every kid in that room was talking about him, was making fun of him, was talking about how, why he should go up to the Torah. He shouldn't even have bothered. And when I went up to do Hagba, I said, what can I do to draw attention from that boy, and put the attention on me, which I don't care. And therefore, I made the decision to do that. The father said from that moment, it was if, as if the Torah was completely open to this boy, and he was able to, uh, to, to absorb everything and learn everything. So it says, the idea is, if we're willing to do a self-sacrifice to help somebody else, Hashem will always react to that, to, to do something for us to change us. 
Where does Pinchas get his superpowers? He gets his superpowers because he was willing to give up everything for the sake, for the honor of Hashem, to stop Achilu Hashem. The story of this boy is just a boy. He steps in to do something, makes a difference. But it doesn't have to be such a, such a big thing. So one of the rabbis who heard this story said, I heard the story and I decided, you know, I'm going to try to do something. So he says the next morning he was walking to Bet Knesset and he sees on the way to the Bet Knesset a high school boy walking towards him. And he turns to the boy, he goes, you know what? You have such, he tells him, good morning, shalom aleichem. I just want to tell you something. You have such a beautiful smile. Your smile brightens up the entire world. And that was it. He went to the, he went to the Bekinesi, he went to pray. That night, he's a knock on the door. It's this boy. And the boy says, when you passed me on the morning, I had to find out who you were. So I went after to the Bekinesi, I described you. They told me and we figured out you were the guy who told me. I have to tell you something. You were walking to the synagogue and I wasn't going to school this morning. I was going to end my life. I had it. I had nothing to live for. And then you just said to me that my smile brightens up the whole world and you gave me pause to think. Says the rabbi sat down with him. They started to talk. The rabbi said, I've been his chavrutah now for six years. Going. But one word that he said, a nice word. Something going out of your way. Don't just, you know, I say too many people, we live in a world, you know, we grow up in New York. So what is New York? Get on the subway, newspaper, put your head in. You don't want to see. You don't want to look. You don't want to talk. Tunnel vision, exactly. What do we have to do? Especially when it comes, we have to remember... All of us are connected one to the other. What could we do? We could do so much in so, with so little to change someone else's life. We should all be able to do that. Amen.